I listen to the diaries because it sparks ideas for new adventures. Whether it is an episode about an epic adventure or a backyard micro-adventure, I start thinking about my next adventure. I'm inspired by the people and their stories to go a little farther and dig a little deeper. If you want to add more spark to your adventurous ideas, consider subscribing to the Diaries Plus today. I'm Crystal, a longtime listener from the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina. Thanks to everyone who has subscribed to the Diaries Plus. It's been awesome, and you're powering the show as we move into the future. If you're interested in subscribing today, there's a link in the show notes. Please join. Now, on to the show. Oh, shoot, my dad muttered for the tenth or fifteenth time in the last five minutes. Then he burst into exhausted chuckles. His breathing came heavily. All three of us panted as we ascended this eons-old rockfall path towards our exit on the north rim of the Grand Canyon. Endless switchbacks around boulders and cacti under a heavy April afternoon sun had us sweating and cursing. Sharp rocks pulled at our hands and tore the cheap canvas gloves we'd picked up for this path. I'd never been that tired, or that thirsty. I looked up the chute that we were trying to march out of. Thirty degrees a slope, several hundred feet to go. Shoot, I agreed and laughed. The dark laugh of those initiated to the secrets of redlined exertion. Type two fun before I knew its name. Another step. Another. Another. It was April 1994. My parents had divorced ten months earlier, and my dad was looking for ways for us to keep our connection. I wanted that too. He golfed and worked. I played Dungeons and Dragons and was into fine arts in high school. Fishing and camping had connected us while I was growing up, and it seemed natural that we should keep going back to the wild places as I got older. My Uncle Kevin had been hinting around for the last several years that he wanted to take us to Vasey's Paradise. Deep in the Grand Canyon, Vasey's is a beautiful oasis and beach where we could pull trout out of the river and camp under a night sky dark enough to see satellites cross the heavens above us. He had a short trail, a drop off the edge of the canyon that hardly anyone knew about that would shave miles off the route. Two days, in and out. Sounded good. Sounded great. Never mind that the heaviest bag I'd ever carried had contained little more than school books and paper. Or that my dad had done little more than walk around a golf course for years. Never mind that I would have to borrow almost all the gear I needed from my mom's boyfriend. Or at least whatever gear we didn't pick up at the local military surplus store on our drive north to meet Kevin. When Kevin saw us in all our ramshackle glory of mismatched gear and camouflage pants, he laughed. What, my dad, the older sibling, demanded in mock outrage. You'll see, Kevin smiled with an evil grin. You'll see. The next morning, we saw. Sunrise found us looking south over the open expanse of the canyon. I'd been to visit the Grand Canyon before. I had seen the beauty of its exposed layers that opened a window back in time. But never in my previous visits had I looked at it with the intent of actually descending into its twisted paths and steep desert terrain. Instead of exotic, it looked formidable. Challenging instead of serene. The cold where we stood made us shiver. It didn't look cold at our goal, the thin thread of blue river thousands of feet below us and several miles away. A very real sense of doubt and uncertainty crept through me. Were we actually going to walk down there?
My dad, a Vietnam veteran, could probably do the math of sweat and effort under a heavy load in his head. He looked at the terrain and shook his head before turning to me. Ditch the tent. And the dish soap. Jacket, too. But I promised Mom I'd take the jacket, I protested. Your mom isn't here, dude. Leave the coat. It might have been the first and only time I'd heard my dad override my mother on anything. That wasn't his way. I nodded, unsure, and ended up stuffing the coat in my pack anyway when he wasn't looking. I'd promised. If I had known about the shoot, I would have dropped the coat and more. I might have sawed my toothbrush in half, too. The trail below the rim did not exist. Or at least Kevin had been generous in describing the entrance he had found into the canyon as a trail. We took our packs off, laid down on a giant boulder, and slid over the edge, feet dangling for purchase until we found our balance. Then, like descending a giant staircase, we started the countless zigzags that dropped us further and farther into the wildest place I'd ever been. Between the walls, silence reigned. The still and cool morning air slowly gave way to a rising sun and a drop in altitude. Soon, sweat began to pour from our bodies. We stopped above an ancient rockfall to drink some of our dwindling water, and I asked Kevin where we went next. He pointed down the fall line. Down the chute! He paused, sipping from his canteen. If it looks bad now, wait till you see it tomorrow from the bottom. There was joy in his voice. The joy that comes from knowing what soon lies in store for the people you love to tease. I became skeptical. The chute was eight or nine hundred feet from top to bottom, and my shoulders already hurt from the unfamiliar load. We set off anyway, with Kevin playfully taunting our hesitation and weariness. I hiked in the middle, good-natured Kevin led the way, and my father walked behind us, slowly growling more and more curses as the path wore him down. Finally, he stopped and announced that he needed a chew. That got my attention. He'd quit chewing tobacco when I was six after I'd asked him for some to be like Dad. You don't have to, I told him, eyeing the pouch of red man he produced warily. I believed in the evils of tobacco. Yeah, buddy, I do. Sorry, he said. Weariness and frustration had won out over self-control. Please, I countered. For me? We looked at each other as the dip went into his lip. I'd asked, he'd said no. I could see that he felt like he'd let me down, that he had become human in my eyes, no longer mythical. I was 16 and better equipped for this slog than he was, despite lack of training and 110 pounds of body weight. We hadn't expected to find that truth on the journey to the river, Silence stretched between us for a few minutes before we resumed hiking. It was a silence I didn't know how to answer. Instead of talking about it, I gave in to focusing on the burning in my legs and lungs as our descent continued. Vases turned out to be everything Kevin had promised and more. On our arrival, to cool down, we plunged into the river. I physically could not get out fast enough as the shocking cold water hit me, but still the chill felt amazing in comparison to the heat. We pulled trout out of the Colorado River that we released with grateful smiles. As the sun set, we watched the colors of the walls go through magnificent changes from pink and brown to purple and blue and all the shades in between. We saw stars in their thousands strewn across the Milky Way and talked about the expanse of the universe and time and how small we felt in comparison to the world around us.
The next day, we returned the way we came, making good progress until we arrived again at the chute. The left side of my body was already sunburned, and my muscles ached from two days of traveling under the pack. Eyeing the climb, we did calculations, each of us trying to figure out exactly how much water we would need in the 100-degree heat to make it up the chute, out of the canyon, and back to our van. It was weight versus water, sweat, effort, and burning legs versus dehydration. One canteen? Two? I settled for one and a half, hoped for the best, and poured out the rest of the chlorine-treated river water. Then we started to march. After ten minutes, I heard the first uttering. Oh, shoot! My dad's voice rang high, thick with irony and dripping with sarcasm, amused at his own wit. To say, ah, shit, or this sucks, would have been too easy. Oh, shoot! Now that was good. He laughed to take the edge off, and repeated it. Then Kevin repeated it. Then I did. Each time we laughed, each bit of laughter took us higher and higher, making us lighter. Each step pulling us out of the Grand Canyon. Each time he said it, it sounded a little farther behind. I would wait a little bit, aware that each step pulled me away from my father. Not leaving him behind exactly, just getting a little farther away. There were things I could do now, things that he might struggle with. He was human now, but so was I. After that trip, the distance between the three of us shrank. What had always been Kevin and my dad with me around became Kevin, my dad, and me. We had struggled together, seen each other at the lows and rallied together at the top to celebrate the highs of our accomplishment. We ate bacon cheeseburgers at a tiny roadside diner to celebrate the climb in and out and rehash how amazing it had all been. For years, we would laugh at secret jokes at the family card games and explain, oh shoot, when our hands turned bad, knowing exactly what it meant. My dad's gone now, and I don't see Kevin as much as I should. I miss both of them. My adventure partners now are Henry and Pete, ages six and four. I know what the trips my dad took me on did for me and for us. I hope to give a little of that to my boys. We've boulder hopped at Donner Pass, hiked in the pines of eastern Arizona, and picked through the Sonoran Desert. Not bad for raising kids in the Midwest. Of course, we camp and kayak here. Feels different though, less wild. But maybe that's just me and the stories I'm telling myself. With any luck, one day they will say, oh shoot, and we'll laugh together too. I'm Darren Doherty, and this is my short. The Diaries is made possible by the good people at Patagonia who believe that repair is a radical act. As individual consumers, the single best thing we can do for the planet is to keep our stuff that we have and use it longer. So this spring, Patagonia is hitting the road for their 2017 Worn Wear College Tour to help give new life to old gear. Visit patagonia.com slash for more information and to find a tour date near you. Patagonia, if it's broke, fix it. Additional support comes from Kuat Racks, innovative hitch racks, roof racks, and accessories for cyclists and adventurers. Kuat Racks because you love your bike. Support for the Diaries also comes from you. Your donations keep us thriving. To pledge your support, go to dirtbagdiaries.com and click the button in the upper right-hand corner. Thank you to everyone who has contributed already. And a huge thank you to Darren for sharing his story. You can find a link to more of Darren's writing and his first short, One Last Hike, on our website. That was one of the really good ones we've had through the years. 
Music Today from Woodrow Gerber published the quest in ADC Bicycle. The tracks are courtesy of Free Music Archive. Jacob Bain and Nice Koto composed our theme song. As always, you can find the links to the artists at our website. This episode was mixed and edited by Jacob Bain. It was produced by Jen Alto, Becca Call, and me, Fetz Kahal. You have been listening to the Dirtbag Diaries. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in.